Insights to Live By, the podcast, discovering new pearls of wisdom to enrich our lives. How can one succeed in business without ever networking? And more to the point, that was, in fact, a trick question. Hello and welcome to Insights to Live By. I am your host, Matt Zinneman. So wonderful to have you. Thank you very much for joining the conversation. You know, in preparing for the show, I tried summing up our esteemed guest in just one word. It was a challenge, but I finally made a decision to go with luminary. Never used that one before. He is a New York Times bestselling author who has written 28 books, including his latest book, Who's in Your Room, in its second edition. Among many awards, he has been named Humanitarian of the Year by the Red Cross, called the father of modern networking by Forbes and CNN. He is the founder and chief visionary officer of Business Networking International, more affectionately known in 76 countries as BNI. Welcome to the show, Dr. Ivan Meisner. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. And please call me Ivan. Oh, of course. Well, you have been busy, sir. Yeah, I, I, they, they keep me busy. They don't let any grass grow under my feet. But I got to tell you, I, I, I'm doing what I love. I'm 100% doing what I love. Incredible. Incredible. Now, I, I've experienced BNI for myself. I'm looking forward to uh, sharing those insights with you. Um, it is the world's largest business networking organization, uh, and, and, and now you're on insights to live by. I mean, your, your work is done here. <laughs> My work is done. <laughs> what, what can I say? Um, amazing. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad you invited me. Thank you. It. Thank you. Now you started this in 1985. I, I was a new high school graduate right at that time. Um, I, I'd love to just hear your origin story from, yeah. uh, the entrepreneurial standpoint. I didn't read the lollipop uh, story on your your blog. That's the the original <laughs> entrepreneurial story. Yeah. Uh, um, but but tell us how you how you made this happen to where it is today. I know it's a long one, but how do you sum that up? I, I you know I'm impressed that you read the lollipop story. That uh, that should tell all of your uh, viewers and listeners that you do your research. That's that's impressive. It does. You want to um, tell it or should I tell it? I, go ahead. I'd oh, like yeah. to hear your version of it. Yeah, sure. So what I understand to be is that you were 11 and uh, you somehow missed the bus. And on the way there, you passed an establishment, uh, fueling station, and uh, got some lollipops. And then you decided yeah. uh, to go in entrepreneurial ways to start picking up more of them and selling them until you got yourself into trouble. I did. Not the first time. Uh, apparently, you were called into the principal's office. I feel like I'm getting into a joke here um, where, where this is heading. And you were told, by no uncertain terms, um, Ivan, you cannot sell lollipops or you will be expelled. To yeah. which you replied, I don't understand. Why is it okay for the cafeteria to sell their candy, but I can't sell mine? Actually, actually, it's is that one, right? step, is that right? one step better than that. What's that? Um, they had a you know candy drive. And the students, the students sold candy to parents, to each other, to whatever. And so it was okay for the students to sell candy on the school candy drive. Right. But I was not allowed to sell lollipops um, outside the, 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 where the school's making the money. And that's where, where I learned uh, my first lesson about government regulation. I get it. I would be incensed. 
at that I time. I was, you know? but I was 11. What are you going to do? <laughs> hey, you know, that could have been the fuel to your fire right there. Could have been. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so Vienna is a completely different, it, it, but it, it has the benefit of being true, which is right. amazing. It was, it was so frustrating to me. Um, but BNI, so you came up I, with the idea. I mean, you saw the need for networking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what let, you know, you're an 85 now. What, where'd you, how did you get into just the idea and bringing it to life? Well, I was 28 years old. I was running, cons I just started a consulting business a couple of years earlier. I'd like to tell you, Matt, that I had this vision of an international organization with groups all over the world. But sure. the truth is, I just needed some referrals. I, you know, I needed referrals for my consulting business. And so I put together some people I trusted. Um, they trusted me. I hoped, you know, I wanted to refer them. They were my friends. I hoped that they would be willing to refer me. We took only one person per profession. We got together every week. We passed each other referrals. Within a couple of months, somebody came who couldn't join because her profession was represented. And she said to me, this is fantastic. I could get a ton of business out of this, but I can't join because my profession is represented. Would you help me open up my own group? And Matt, I actually told her, I said, I told her, I said, no, this isn't what I do. I'm a business consultant. I don't run a network. Right. And she said, well, come on, this is kind of consulting. You're helping me build my business. I said, that's a stretch, but okay. So we opened a second chapter and a couple of people came to the second group first meeting, second group, they couldn't join because their profession was represented. They both said, this is awesome. I could get a ton of business. Would you help us open our own group? I said, no, this isn't what I do. Right. I'm a business consultant. They talked me into it and we were off to the races. I ended up opening 20 chapters uh, the first year. And that's wow. where I had my, my Brody moment. Okay. Please, remember please. Jaws, the movie Jaws? I, I, I remember it scaring the crap out of me in the movie theaters. Thank you very much. Yes. And Sheriff Brody, at towards the end of the movie, is throwing chum out into the water. And for the first time, the audience sees this great white shark come up. And, and of course, the sheriff is shocked. And he turns around to the captain of the boat and he says, you're going to need a bigger boat. Right. Right. And that was my Brody moment. One of my favorite lines. Uh, where I had 20 chapters and I realized I'm going to need a bigger boat. This is going to be much, much bigger than I ever anticipated. And it hit me that we don't teach this in colleges and universities. And that's one of the reasons why um, that it has been so effective. We now have, Matt, 10,900 groups. It's incredible. In 77 countries around the world. In the trailing 12 months, and, and I, I, it's a long answer, I'll stop. So no, no, please. This is the in, story. In the, in the trailing 12 months, BNI has generated almost 21 billion, with a B, 13 million referrals, $21 billion worth of what we call thank you for closed business, where members have passed business to each other. So $21 billion in business for members passing business to each other. Now, just so you know, there are 77 countries in the world who have a smaller GDP than what BNI passed to its members in the last 12 months. It's incredible. That you, you, blows me away. You've harnessed, in as I'm thinking in what you're describing, uh, this, this business networking endeavor as as an economic engine. Yeah. For for in, you know very tangible. It's interesting how the you know the current was kind of going the other way. And, and you decided, like, I, this 
this demand kept coming of me, people wanting me to start chapters. And you're like, you know, I yeah. guess I will swim with the current in your, in your Brody moment. Um, yeah, it's it pull, pull marketing versus push marketing. Right. BNI was, I, I'm, I'm sorry, my consulting business was push marketing. I, I had to push. I, I, it was hard work. You know, I'm pushing that rock uphill. Uh, BNI, I was being pulled through the marketplace. The marketplace was pulling me through it. And it took me a little while to figure out, wait, wait a minute. There's something going on here. You got to pay attention to this. Don't ignore this because you're being dragged through the marketplace. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, you got to trust your instincts. You got an entrepreneurial start at an early age. Um, you know, you founded BNI and in a way it found you. In, in, yeah, that, in this, that's really right? true. Uh, you know, it's it was an example of uh, necessity being the mother of invention and uh, me kind of stumbling into it and then recognizing that it would really help a lot of people. I mean, when you think about it, I was 28. I thought I thought people had this all figured out, right? Yeah, I thought they, I was the youngest person in my own group. Everyone in my chapter was older than me. And I figured I thought they had it all figured out how to build a business through referrals and networking, but they didn't. And that surprised me. And so I was kind of I was method acting my way through the process. Sure. In the first year. A little so. fake it till you make it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I was okay. like, I don't, I don't understand what I'm doing. They don't understand what I'm doing. So I'm going to figure it out and we're going to do it together. I mean, that's, that's true entrepreneurship right there, Ivan. Uh, you yeah. know, in experiencing BNI for myself, uh, and, and I feel like I'm hope I get the quiz right here. Naturally, you've got all these different chapters, you know, in my area, you know, it's from one town to the next and there's this exclusivity that is provided in terms of people filling slots of their different professions. You're not going to have, um, you know, more than one chiropractor or more than one financial advisor, right? So people kind of take that slot that's it's non-competitive and have right. their community in that way. And it's very structured uh, for yeah. uh, the weekly meetings, for one-on-ones that people do with one another, the, the, the requirements that, that they're encouraged, of course, everything driven by the referral as that core economic uh, engine. Um, am I getting that right so far? Yeah, perfectly. Okay. Um, any other aspect in terms of how you would describe the experience and how you've set it up in such a way that it, you know, it's got this blueprint that, right. That, that really, uh, you, you've obviously duplicated more than once. Yeah. I mean, there is a system and a process and we try to get people to, uh, implement that within the organization there, you know, some people, um, you know, they, they, they don't like rules. They don't like, like, for example, we have an attendance policy. You got to show up to meetings, yep. but you know, it's like, you can't get a haircut over the phone. You got to show up. You got to be there. You have to meet people. Um, there has to be accountability. If you don't have accountability, it's a coffee clatch. Um, and it, it, you know, I, I didn't want to go to a coffee clatch. I wanted to, to have a business experience with people. And so you got to have accountability, but you want to apply the accountability more like Mandela than Attila, right? You want sure. to do it. You want to, it's tough love. It's about helping and supporting each other, uh, but holding each other accountable. And so there's this balancing act that you play in terms of friendship because BNI is not a friendship organization, right? We are a referral organization. However, in order to generate referrals, you really have to develop friendships. Right. So the referrals are the lead. The friendships are what um, what are developed. Yeah, a hundred percent. And um, look, I mean, it does have the internal structure. Um, it's almost fraternal, 
it was my experience in, in, in a way, the way they have, you know, the order of business and, and the things that, that are, you know, obviously in order to have things work in a consistent way. If you, obviously not everyone can make it on a weekly basis. You can fill, you know, get people to fill in for you. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to score points here, Ivan, that I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you can. All of those are true. <laughs> no, but the thing is, is look, there's a lot of different networking organizations and I, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, who is BNI for, and in, in a way, who, who it's not for, uh, and and right. So let's go there. Yeah. Well, look. Um, let's start with who it's not for. If if you're not um, focused on systems and processes and consistency, uh, you know that timed repetition of building relationships. Uh, something like BNI is a marathon, not a sprint. It's something that you do over a long term period. Uh, so it's not for people that don't want accountability, uh, that, that don't want uh, processes uh, to apply to them. If you just want to, you know, mix and mingle and connect with people in a very casual way, BNI is not for you. But if you want to have focus and 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 really have a goal and work towards it with accountability, with a lot of accountability partners, right then um, BNI is for you. And we have now, we're, we're just tickling 300,000 members uh, worldwide, we're, you know, like 299,000 plus members worldwide. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, I, uh, <laughs> I wonder in terms of any other kinds of networking organizations, I mean, do you guys ever, you know, play in the sandbox with anybody else or, or you're trying to you yeah. become, um, you know, who you're friendly with? I mean, for example, I think of BNI as, a, and I think you're obviously positioned this way, as a small business networking uh, referral-driven organization. And um, there's uh, a platform, Alignable. If you're, are you familiar with Alignable, there's also a small business platform, and they're kind of dealing in the same waters, but it's almost like you guys are are, are two peas in, in, in the pod, but not really covering each other. So I was hoping to broker uh, yeah. a, a, well, look, a mass. Um, uh, <laughs> not, not every chamber of commerce believes what I'm about to say, but sure. we believe that chambers are a great, a compatible organization. Okay. And I first wrote about that in 1994 in my first edition of Who's in, uh, of uh, World's Best Known Marketing Secret, where I talk about um, the fact that if you want to build a powerful personal network, you need to diversify the kinds of networks that you belong to. So a group like BNI, one person per profession, get together every week, pass each other referrals, great. But a chamber of commerce where you're going to meet a lot of different people in the business community in a more casual environment, we recommend chambers. We recommend you go join a chamber. We recommend service clubs, Rotary, Alliance, Kiwanis. These are great organizations to participate in. Uh, professional associations like the Realtors Association and, and many other associations, uh, National Association of Professional Organizers, all of these are great knowledge networks where you get to uh, learn more about the other people in your industry. So diversify the kinds of networks that you're in, in the same way that you should diversify your investment portfolio, you should diversify your networking portfolio, but don't go join three chambers or two service clubs or two groups like BNI be in different kinds of networks because it gives you different kinds of exposure. Yeah. It's a fine balance, right? I mean, you're making an investment. I think that's a lot of what BNI is about and, and, you know, got skin in the game and, you know, you want to see yeah. it through and not, you know, get your return on your investment, but diversifying in the way that you're describing 
but not spread yourself too thin. And then- Right, you don't want to spread yourself too thin. Um, so people ask me, how much time should you spend networking? And I did a survey that was published in a book um, on uh, gender and networking, the difference between men and women and how they network. One of the questions we asked was, how much time do you spend networking? Uh, first of all, 91.4% of the respondents, 91% of the respondents said, networking has played a role in their success. When have you ever seen 91% of any group of people agree to anything ever? And these weren't just BNI members, this was open to the public. Right. So the overwhelming majority of people said networking played a role in their success. And one of the questions we asked was how much time do you spend networking? And we found that on average, on average, uh, most people spend about six and a half hours a week networking. Hmm. Now that means, you know, going to a networking meeting, following up, talking to people, doing one-to-ones, writing thank you notes, you know, all of these things can be um, a part of your networking efforts. And so, you know, for those of you who are thinking, okay, six and a half hours, I can do that. Just remember that was average. So how many of you want to be average? Right. What we found was that the people who were really generating significant numbers tended to spend uh, eight hours or more a week, a week focused on networking. So one day a week, they're focused on networking, but that's their marketing. So you got to look at it as not just, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies. It's your marketing time. Right. And you need to devote uh, 20% of that roughly to networking. Well, let's, let's continue to get practical here, you know, from a, a networking standpoint, uh, obviously everyone has uh, an end goal in being in business and ultimately, uh, you know, converting a sale and doing business and helping one another out. What are some of the tips that you have uh, for people to make the best use of those eight hours or so uh, in order to get to the finish line and actually achieve that end game? So let's start with what you shouldn't do. Most people use networking as a face-to-face -face cold calling opportunity. You know, hi, Matt, my name's Ivan, let's do business. And they go right into uh, trying to sell. I went, to, I, I spoke at an event in London years ago, and there were about 900 people. And it was an all-day event. There was a lot of networking taking place. I was speaking towards the end of the day. And I observed people networking. And it, what I saw wasn't good. And so at, uh, when I spoke, I said, how many of you are here today? Raise your hand. If you're hoping to, you know, maybe just possibly sell something. Matt, I'm telling you, 900 people raised their hands. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah, I'm here to sell something. I said, great, thank you, perfect. Second question, how many of you are here today hoping to, you know, maybe just possibly buy something? No one raised their hand. Really? No one. Wow. Not one single person. This is what I call the networking disconnect. People show up at networking events wanting to sell, but nobody's there to buy. So why go to a networking event? Here's the answer to that. You go to networking events to work your way through what I call the VCP process okay. of networking. Visibility, credibility, profitability. First, you got to be visible. People have to know who you are and what you do. And then you move over time to credibility where people know who you are, they know what you do, they know you're good at what you do. And then over time, you get to profitability where people know who you are, what you do, they know you're good at it, and they're willing to refer business to you. What tends to happen is that people try to jump over visibility, jump over credibility, and get right to profitability, 
in that in that uh, gender book we called that premature solicitation which you don't want to say fast three times it'll get you in trouble i, I won't try um yeah good and, and and so that's where networking goes wrong but that's with the, the, the where the, they try to make it transactional versus relational right and if you understand that networking is really relational then um you you get the the, the foundation of what it takes to be successful at it what are your thoughts on, I mean, look, and this is beyond BNI, right? Because BNI has its own structure and people are going and experiencing it for what it, in the way it's built. In a general networking way, um, what are your thoughts these days on the telephone? You know, it's, I, yeah. you know, you got, you got a bit of a shift now and it's, you know, it's almost like it used, it used to be that you just call somebody up. If they can't answer, talk to you, you leave a voicemail and they'll get back to you. Today, I just wonder, are you crossing a line? You know, has that, has that ship you know set sail now that telephone is no longer okay what are your thoughts oh no i use the phone all the time to talk to people um you know if you're talking about cold calling yeah. people that's something different yeah no um, i mean that's what i mean i mean oh yeah I mean, no. anybody i know um well you know they can call me up but Look, i mean I in mean, terms now, of an introductory I don't, I don't answer cold calls yeah. I, I mean i just got i just got texted while we're talking and i'm looking here and it's like i don't know this person i'm not going to respond um, if somebody calls me on my phone and I don't recognize the name, I don't answer or the number. I just don't answer. And then if they leave a message and they're trying to sell to me, I block them. So, um, yeah, cold calling. And, and here's the irony in it. Before I started BNI, I when I was a management consultant, I started, a, a, a I was hired to create a division of a computer, small computer business that wanted to have outside salespeople. And I taught the team how to cold call. I was good at it. I was good at teaching people how to cold call. Right. I hated it. I did it long enough to know that I don't want to ever do it again for the rest of my life. Yeah. Can it work? Yeah. Today's harder than it was way back. But uh, yeah, it might work. But uh, but I why why when when you can when you can do it by building relationships why. So cold calling is becoming increasingly difficult to do. Just to get through to somebody is almost impossible. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, the human connection is, I think, a lot of what makes BNI thrive and creating that opportunity. Um, so, so here, how do we cold call now? Yeah. We cold call on LinkedIn. Well, that's not well received. No, it's not. <laughs> Nor was cold calling right. by phone well received. But that's what's happening is that LinkedIn, and I like LinkedIn, I'm active on LinkedIn, but I'm, I have to say that at least half of the messages I get on LinkedIn are cold calls. They're cold emails, cold messages, right. you know, wanting to sell me something. And um, that's just real, rarely, rarely effective. Yeah, my, I favorite, mean, my favorite LinkedIn cold call, right. I love this one. I wrote back to them. We have a great leads a list that you might be interested in. And I wrote back and I said, did you even read my profile? <laughs> do you even know what I do? You want me to buy a leads list? And they wrote back and said, well, no, I didn't. I didn't actually read right. your profile. Your I was like, read my profile. Yeah. I mean, for me, you know, and it's, it's really clear. I mean, I think people have LinkedIn fatigue, but, and not to digress too much, but you know, I, I really try not to do any direct selling. I'll do direct yeah. value adding. I'll, yeah. I'll give people a study. I'll give people uh, infographic I designed. I've, I've provided my, uh, 
uh, my audiobook access. <laughs> I've done all those things. But at least so it's not it's not a, like a straight up like I'm trying to sell you something. Just a goodwill type thing. And even but that's that, the way you build a relationship. It is, but even that I don't know is so well received. Quite honestly, so you just, oh but, yeah, I keep plugging away at it because it is well, it is generally well received. If you if you are providing a value add, right, you're making a connection with somebody, and it's all about really making a connection with people. I mean, think about your friends. Sure. Why are you friends with these people? Wh whoever your friends are, you're friends with them because they've they've helped you, they've supported you, they've been there for you in some way. Right. Networking is very similar. You help people, you support them, you be there for them in some way, and that's the way you build a relationship that leads to, to, they may do business with you or not, but they may refer you. That's what you want, right. is you want people to refer you, not just do business to you, with you. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I mean, I appreciate the encouragement. You know, for me, it's, you know, if I'm adding value, uh, maybe you don't receive something well because you're getting bombarded by all these other people. Maybe you're not even seeing that, uh, in in the things that I'm doing, maybe they're not sticking out. But if you really take a closer look, you can't you can't hate on me, you know, no. for for trying to add value. And right. I'm, I'm you know I'm trying to do the right thing. So, so let, let me tell you about it. I did a live radio interview about a year ago. Sure, live radio, and uh, we were we were on a similar subject. And and I said, you know, one of the things that you want to do is uh, when you're talking to somebody and you feel a connection, uh, you ask them, how can I help you? You don't just say that to everybody and you don't say it in the beginning of the conversation. You say it as you feel comfortable to the person. How can I help you? Sure. And, and the host said, we were having a great interview. The host said, really? That old trope? You, no, that doesn't work. That just doesn't work. You don't want to do that. Huh. And I said, well, actually it can work very effectively. And he said, he, he just shut it down. And so I, I moved on to the next topic rather than get into an argument right. on live radio. So at the end of the interview, this is a true story. At the end of the interview, interview's done. We have a minute or two to talk. Right. I say, Hey, what kind of, uh, what kind of guests are you looking for? And he, he, he told me some of the kinds of guests he's looking for. And I said, Hey, what about this person or that person? They, you know, uh, I know them uh, pretty well. And he's like, wow, you know them? I'm like, yeah. Would you like me to make an introduction? And he's like, that would be fantastic. I would love that. Thank you. <laughs> and I said, great. And I, and I said, by the way, that's a variation of how can I help you? And he was like, touche. Right. You're right. Good. Good for you. You didn't see it. You, you missed me. I him on that one. I would say that I did, effect, I did yeah. effectively. Well done. You know, we have a number of things I want to get to, but I want to make sure uh, with, with all that you're bringing to the conversation uh, before we move on from all things BNI networking, any particular um, practical tips or anything that you want to add that we haven't gotten to that you frequently like to encourage people about, or do you feel like we've, we've pretty much covered this part? Oh, long. there's so, I mean, how many hours do you have? Right. Uh, I know that's the thing. It's, you know, what rises to the, what rises I, to the I, top? I think one of the most important things in networking, you know, once you get the VCP process down is to try to go deep. If your network is a mile wide and an inch deep, it'll never be very powerful. Right. So you want to go deep. And one of the ways of going deep are, are doing one-to-ones with people where you sit down with them and you really learn about who they are and what they do in BNI and in, in several of my books, I have a technique called the gains exchange where you talk about goals, accomplishments, interests, networks, and skills. And through that process, you learn about each other. Now, here's the thing with one-to-ones. And we have hard data on this. Uh, we did a, a study in Europe, um, in a region of BNI in Europe, where people who did one one-to-one a month compared to one a week. Right. So four a month versus one a week. The people who did four one-to-ones a month gave 
hundred percent more referrals, but they received 100% more referrals. So they gave twice as many referrals, they received twice as many referrals. So I say to BNI members and to anyone who's trying to build a powerful personal network, right. you want to you want to get more referrals, do one-to-ones, meaningful, deep one-to-ones. Right. Because if you do meaningful one-to-ones, you're going to double the amount of business that you're getting from the people that you have a networking relationship with. So that's a key characteristic, a key factor that has hard data backing it up. Yeah, I mean, uh, relationship richness, right? I, I like the yeah. uh, the mile deep, inch wide, and uh, and re- reverse. Uh, mile wide, inch deep. Right, but you're if saying you, you're, you're, you're saying go a mile deep. Wide, go a mile deep. deep is is yeah, you is, want to go a mile deep in yeah. places? Yeah, I took it from the opposite side. Yeah, you did. One. So you know, <laughs> thank you for that, Ivan. You are a pretty interesting guy across the board between everything else we're talking about, reading up on you. Um, for one, you're a black belt. For another, you call yourself an amateur musician, uh, magician, rather. Yeah, um, I am. It's amateur. <laughs> well, every, you know, most people may say that. But what, what's interesting is uh, I found out in our pre-conversation that you're going into outer space. I am. I'm a future astronaut with Virgin Galactic. <laughs> so so I, I asked, because I knew you were on vacation. You just came back. You were... Um, uh, you know, hanging with uh, Richard Branson, and uh, I, I know he does those uh, elite gatherings. And uh, but tell us about this future experience that you're looking forward to, and and the process and everything. Love to hear about that. Well, I was there in 2007 at one of those events you were talking about. It was a seminar and um, a group of people. And on one of the last nights, he said, "Hey, you guys want to see something interesting?" And when a billionaire says, "Hey, you want to see something interesting?" you say, "Yes." And so he popped a DVD into the, we were in the great room and he pops this DVD into the TV and we watched this crazy idea of him uh, taking a mothership based on the uh, X prize, uh, which uh, he uh, uh, helped to win. Um, We're to take a mothership up into space and, and you drop a spaceship from the mothership and the spaceship goes up into space and then lands safely back on the ground. Uh, but you're in outer space for a while. And he said, this, we're going to, we're, we're starting to develop this company and we're going to call it Virgin Galactic. Uh, and we're going to start taking um, passengers commercially up into space. And for whatever reason, he looked at me, he looked at me and he said, you should do this. And I said, I'm in, I'll do it. And he handed me the DVD. I have the DVD this day. He signed it for me. Um, and my, of course my late wife, uh, she was like, you're what? you're what? I'm like, I'm in, I'm doing it. She's like, you're crazy. Yeah. Okay. I'm crazy. So I signed up literally back in 07. I might may have actually signed the contract in 08, but I've been a future astronaut for quite a few years. And um, it's been a great experience because they keep inviting me to cool things like the rollout of the spaceship and the mothership. I was invited to Antarctica and I've been invited to Necker Island four more times. I was there last week. So amazing. Now, now, I mean, back then, I don't imagine he had a really true timetable on what that looked like. Now it's a little bit more reasonable. We know William Shatner has been up in space and you hear some of those things. Do you have a date set? Do you know when you're going? Well, you know, they, the, the date keeps, it's a, it's a moving target. Sure. Um, they're, they're saying uh, by, they're saying this year, but they've been saying this year for several, for wow. several years. That said, you know, they, so we were just there, the whole Virgin Galactic, or some of the Virgin Galactic staff were there. 
And of course, they're apologizing that it's taking this long. And and, and I said two things. First, make it safe. Right. I yeah, it don't safe. apologize for, for doing yeah, it that's, right. That's, take your time, make it safe. Yeah. And two, just keep inviting me to really cool things. <laughs> and I don't care right. if it takes a while. Um, and so I, I, you know, I've really enjoyed it. And, and I told you this uh, pre-interview, um, Branson is an amazing man. Uh, he, uh, his ego does not enter the room before he does. He's very authentic and genuine. He's um, really easy to talk to. He talks to his staff the same way he talks to the any millionaires on his island or billionaires. There were a couple of billionaires on the island uh, this last week. He talks to them the same way. He treats people the same way. On, on my second visit to Necker years ago, he had to leave the island for a day or two. So I got his staff one at a time and I was saying, tell me, how is he really? Right. Be honest. How is he really to work with? To a person, they said he's amazing. He is fantastic. And I kept saying, he's not on the island. It's okay. I won't say anything. To a staff person, they said he's fantastic to work with. Um, he's, you know, he motivates you. He supports you. He redirects you when you need to be redirected. But he's a, he's a great boss to work for. And I have found him uh, very conscientious of people right. and, and the environment, both. Yeah, I mean, you know, as a true leader to begin with and, and recognizing, yeah. you know, we're all we're all having the human experience and what makes somebody more important than another is what, right? Nothing, I'm, I think, in the end. And he he walks that talk. And um, I'm sure it's a great experience for everyone around him. And, and, it, and it, you know, it, it reverberates in, in the impression that it leaves with you. All right, so I could talk about space all day long. I'd like to learn a few more things about you, Ivan, before... We get into your insights to live by. You may know that we have a segment on the show called the Wheel of Insights. And here we have uh, a category of 12 things. We're going to spin the wheel, see where it lands, and uh, find a couple more things out about you. Would that be okay? Okay. All right, here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm both excited and nervous at the same time. Well, you needn't be because you can decide if you want to pass. You're the guest. Uh, what we're looking at here is your advice for your younger self. I'll answer any question and I'm happy to answer that one. All right, sure. Um, two things. Uh, one, don't worry about girls. You'll find the woman of your dreams. When I, when I was a young man, it was like, <laughs> I don't know what to do with girls. They, they confused me. I don't know. What to do. And I met a woman. I was married to her for 31 years before she passed away. She was a fantastic person. Um, and um, we had a great life together. The second would be, don't worry so much. Just just live your values. Be really good about what your values are. Know your values. And, I'm, and I've done that. Right. And if you know your values, if you're good with your values, it's okay to worry a bit because it's that worrying that helps you work things out in your mind. But don't obsess. It's okay not to obsess. At some point, go, this is it. I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go to the universe. I've done my best. I think that's what I would say to my younger self because I've lived my values, um, but I haven't, um, I probably spent a little more time worrying than I should have. Look, I mean, it's the right theme there. I, you know, they go together and, you know, ease up yeah. and just be at, at, at peace with yourself and things will unfold in their own way. 
Uh, and, yeah. and, and that's as long as you live your values, they'll unfold in, I think, the right way if you're living good values. Perfect. All right, let's go again. Let's see. All right. This is fun. Well, this takes us back to your school days, Ivan. Do you want to share what your worst school subject was? <laughs> uh, okay, so the only class in my entire life that I failed was geometry. I failed. I took. I retook the class and got a, a D. Wow! <laughs> I retook it so because if I got an F, I couldn't. I couldn't ever get. You know. I, I, I was looking for a certain grade point average. I knew I wouldn't get it. I retook the class and I barely made the grade point average that I wanted to graduate from high school. So mathematics. So you want to hear a funny story that goes with that? Yeah, sure, please. In college, I knew math was not my strength. I took all the science labs I could. All that was left were math labs. Uh, and I didn't want to take any math courses that had labs because I knew I wasn't good at it. So I really did some research at the university I was at, and I found that in the School of Hotel Restaurant Management, they had a lab class that was on wines, enology. Hmm. And uh, it was all about wines, and the lab was tasting. Now, here's the funny thing, Matt. I hated wine. I really did not like wine. The thing is, I hated math more. So I took this enology class, Learn to love wine. I now have a wine cellar that'll hold 1,600 bottles, and it all happened because I hated math. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, look, on, on the scale, math versus wine, even if you don't hate wine, um, you, you definitely have a better chance of growing an appreciation. I'm so glad yeah. you did. All right, so we're going to try and come back to that if we can, but we have to get to our featured segment, Ivan, yeah. about your insights to live by. They could be on a level playing field. You can release these in any order that you want, but... What would be your first insight to live by? So I think, you know, certainly as a young person, um, I, I lived by this concept, and that is that ignorance on fire is better than knowledge on ice. I'm going to repeat that. Ignorance on fire is better than knowledge on ice. I was the poster child for ignorance on fire with networking. I didn't know what the heck I was doing, but I was excited. I was passionate I wanted to make a difference. And so I, I really worked hard at making a difference in people. We all have people that are in our lives. This is going to be a part one, part two for this one. We all have people that are in our lives, that are in our story, people that have changed our life in some way. But, but that's not the most important thing. It's not who's in our story. The most important thing is whose story are we in? Whose life have we changed? That's the most important thing. And in order to change people's lives, you got to be on fire. And if you're on fire long enough, you become knowledge on fire. So early in my life, I was ignorance on fire. Today, I'd like to think I'm knowledge on fire. But no matter what, it's about being in other people's story. That's one. Two. I mean, let me ask you a question. Yeah. I just want to. Yeah, uh, anything. One of the things that uh, comes to mind, wh whether you intended this or not, is I'm uh, in understanding the back end of that is knowledge on ice. To me, it, it also, uh, it, it conveys not reaching your potential, meaning yeah. like not stepping out of the, outside of the box, not taking the risks. You know, you might have the goods, but what good are they if you don't risk it in order to achieve what there is within your ability to do? Is that is that it, fair? That is fair. Also, what's uh, uh, an element of that is reaching a point of complacency. 
um, where you may be very knowledgeable, but you're you're on ice. You're it's like you don't care anymore. And I've certainly seen that a lot throughout my career, where people have reached a point where they're happy making what they're making, right. doing what they're doing. They don't want to expand. They don't want to grow. They don't believe in lifelong learning. They're not going to push themselves uh, any further. And so when that happens, they become knowledge on ice. They've got all this knowledge, but they're not willing to share it. They're not willing to, to step out. And, and I always say, why accept mediocrity when excellence is an option? Excellence is an option. It doesn't take that much more for excellence. You know, there, there's this old thing about um, golfing. The top 10 amateur golfers in the world, do you know how much money they make? Nothing. They're amateurs. The top 10 professional golfers in the world. Now, this is this is kind of old, this data. But when I learned it, the top 10 professional golfers in the world, on average, made about $10 million each, hmm. including, including endorsements, whatnot. Do you know how many strokes difference there is between the top 10 professional golfers in the world and the top 10 amateurs? Please. In a game? Two. Two strokes. That's it. $5 million? $10 million. Two strokes difference between the top 10 pros and the top 10 amateurs. That's just like why accept mediocrity when excellence is an option? It's just a couple strokes more. Just, just focus a little bit more and you can achieve incredible things. I love it. Thank you. All right. Now, okay, you want number two. Yes, please. It kind of fits where we were talking. Sure. Uh, in, in, in a way, and I'll explain. Number two, and we, you don't learn this in school. Uh, if you really want to be successful in life, work in your flame, not in your wax. We'll repeat that. Work in your flame, not in your wax. If you're working in your flame, you're excited, you're passionate, you love what you're doing. People can see it in the way you behave. They can hear it in your voice. When you're working in your wax, it just takes all your energy away. Right. People can see that in the way you behave and they can hear that in your voice. And sometimes that's knowledge on ice. Hmm. When you're working in your wax and you're, you're knowledgeable, but you just don't care anymore, it's time to reinvent yourself, to, to do something that puts you back in your flame. Because if, in your, if you're in your flame, you're going to achieve excellence, not mediocrity. So, now, look, I get it, especially in the early days. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do to get to do what you want to do. But have a plan, have a vision, work right. towards that plan, work towards that vision. And as much as possible, work towards being in your flame. By the way, if you haven't noticed this, Matt, this is my flame. Yes. I love pouring into people about the things that have worked for me and not worked for me in my lifetime. So that's two. Before you, I have to, I have to interject here. First of all, you, yeah. I, I love the, um, it, it kind of comes back to some of the Mr. Miyagi-ish uh, way that you're, you're delivering this. Um, wax on, wax, wax on. Wax on, literally, right? But um, I'll just take that one step further. Uh, those who live in their wax, their light dims. They're like who? Th their light dims. If they're working. Their light dims, yeah. They're working Yeah, wow, that's a, that's a good point. Their light dims. I might borrow that, Matt. Please. That's why I said it. I was hoping to carry that further. That's really good. Thank you. You're right. They're light dims. They're just not excited anymore. And you see it. We know it. We know it. We had teachers like that. We had teachers that were in their flame and we had teachers that were in their wax. 
I'll tell you honestly, Ivan, in that moment, and, and just uh, as a divulge, it, I, I thought about it, and I, I wanted to be intentional about saying it, because I was hoping that was something that you would, you would find uh, repeatable. So, because you're going to be in different places. You're going to be saying that to other people on different yeah. shows. I looked at that as a, a, just a minuscule opportunity to maybe just pass something on that will make more of a difference. And I share that fire with you. So thank you for that. All right. So now on to your third insight to live by. Most important thing, if you want to build a powerful business, you want to be successful, do six things a thousand times, not a thousand things six times. And most business people I have found are really focused on doing a thousand things six times. They do the same thing. Um, I'm sorry, they do a thousand things six times. They're constantly chasing. I keep this here to talk about it. Bright, shiny objects. They're constantly chasing. You're hypnotizing me right now, essentially. That's right. What I'm looking at. They see this bright, shiny object and they go for it. And so they're doing a thousand things six times. And they can't figure out why they're not achieving success. But the truth is that you got to do six things a thousand times. And it doesn't have to be six. It could be five. It could be seven. Sure. And so what are the things? Well, they're the, first of all, you find mentors. You, you, you watch shows or listen to shows like this where you find people who are giving you information that will help you be a better version of yourself. You find virtual mentors or real mentors you determine what are the things that you need to do consistently to be successful. And then you got to be a dog with a bone and do six things a thousand times. If I have any superpower at all, it is that I am a dog with a bone on things. I'll take an issue and I'll work it and work it and work it and work it until I'm able to achieve a level of success. I love it. Um, yeah, and, and you know, and I think along the same lines, when people from an entrepreneur standpoint talk about getting their big break, right? You, and 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 the whole notion of achieving big goals, those lofty goals, really aren't very achievable alone. You do need those mentors. You do do yeah. need others to 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 lift you and and, and pull you through um, the friction and the barriers to to where it is that you you belong. But it, being the dog with the bones is the only way you get there. So I think so. Look, I mean, the the big break happens for some people. I find that um, success is more like a layer cake than a big break. Um, it's it's these layers of effort that over time build and create success. At least that's what it was. I tell people I'm a 20 year overnight success. It took me 20 years to build a, really a, a, a business that was more than just a a salary. Right. I get it. And I think you've added a bonus insight to Limpa in there as well. All right. Now, before we uh, wrap up, is it okay if we go back to the wheel? Yeah. Go, one go more thing we can learn about fun. you. All right. Whatever you want to ask. I think superpower was on here, but you answered that already. All right. This is bringing us to your Olympic sport. You can answer this if you wish. Karate is not included since that's something that you already do. Um, but it could be winter. It could be summer. Is there, you don't have to be talented at it, but if you could be an Olympian in some sport, is there, what comes to mind? Uh, Yeah, that's a great question. Okay. So nobody's ever asked that question. The, the, uh, what's the one where you, uh, go down the big ramp and you just fly on skis in skiing in skiing where you fly ski what jumping is it, is yeah. it called ski jumping i'm pretty sure what i love about that i, I is, hope i got that right 
I don't know. We'll call it. Well, I think jumping. everybody knows. Yeah, sure. You just see people; their hands are tucked behind yes. them. Yes, yes, like a bird. Um, you see them just fly. It's got to be the closest thing to being a bird. Uh, I would, I would absolutely love to do that, but I have no skill to do that. But that would be a blast. Well, very few people do, but that's the whole thing. What would you want to experience? And so, uh, you know, no substitute for it. And it, it's nice to share that with you. And um, Ivan, uh, as we're wrapping up here, I uh, just want to give you a little a little space. Um, certainly, I've had a, an opportunity to go on to uh, IvanMeisner.com. Uh, that'll be in the show notes. People can read your blog, more about Lollipop Story and other things they might enjoy. Um, any other final thoughts that you'd like to share here for our topic in hand? And of course, BNI.com for anyone that wants to visit a BNI group. Of course. Um, and on IvanMeiser.com, it's all free content, uh, you know, 15, 16 years of content there. Um, I think the one thing I'd like to leave your listeners with is, um, you know, the old saying that it's not what you know, it's who you know. Sure. I don't think it's either. And that surprises people to hear me say, I don't think it's what you know or who you know. I think it's how well you know them. It counts. I have some amazing contacts in my telephone. The question is, could I pick up the phone and call them or text them? Would they answer my call? And if they did, if I asked them for a favor, would they be willing to do the favor? So it's not what you know or who you know. It's how well you know each other. It really counts in building a powerful personal network because it's not just having the contact, it's having the relationship with the contact that enables you to reach out to them and have them say, oh, heck yeah, I'm happy to help you. I'm happy to do that for you. That's what networking really is about. I love it. You know, and, and it's right on theme with a lot of things that you've said in terms of the richness and depth and, and the things that, that, are needed in order to get to that next place, whether it be in a relationship or in your goals in life. Um, very, very consistent. Um, Ivan, thank you very much for joining us here. And uh, I wish you all the best with all that you continue to do, especially in your endeavor in space. I'll be keeping an eye on the sky for you for that. That's going to be a blast. I mean, I'm looking for it. It'll no literally be a blast. <laughs> of course. Thank you again. Thanks. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Insights to Live By. Please feel welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn and Instagram and make the most of our free resources to improve your life for good at mattzinman.com. Wishing you and yours an enriching day, and we'll see you next time.